so honored to have Brother Ted and Sister Bonnie here this morning. Amen. Do you agree with me? Glory to God. And we just want to welcome the whole Faith Alive team. We thank you so much for being here and sowing into our community this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We want to welcome World Harvest and their Street Reach team. It's so good to have y'all here. Thank you. They're out every day this week winning souls all over Albemarle, putting flyers out. It's been something like over 4,600 flyers passed out already this week. Glory to God. And uh, we're going to really receive in Albemarle this week. I do believe this city, this community, this region is changing based off of what's happening right now this week. Do you, do you believe that as well? And we got to stretch our faith out there. This is how we overcome the world or we overcome lack. If there's things we need in our city, we overcome by reaching out. It says this is the victory that overcomes the world in 1 John 5, 4. Even our faith. Let's put some faith. Lord, you're going to change our city this week. Our city's going to change. Our county's going to change this week. We're not waiting. No, it's not sometime. This week, now, faith. And Father, we just thank you for it. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Well, as a few years ago, probably about 10, I would say, I went to a meeting here in town a pastor had in uh, Ted Shellsworth Jr. And I got to meet and, uh, Ted Shellsworth Jr., and he and I became good friends. And after a few years, I don't know, it wasn't long after that, he invited me to come up to his dad's tent meeting. And I had seen, I'd seen uh, Ted Shellsworth Sr. on TV through the time. And when I was little, uh, in the 80s, actually my mom's here this morning. Hello, Mom. Love you. <laughs> uh, she took us to Brother Shambach's tent. And we stood in line. I was asking her. She, we stood in line for two hours so that he would pray over us. And, uh, and I really believe I received something in that, in that meeting and in that prayer. Well, Brother Ted worked with Brother Shambach. And it's, it's that Pentecostal anointing and a gift of faith, the working of miracles, working of miracles like I've heard about but not seen until I met Brother Ted and Sister Bonnie. And a few years ago, Rachel and I, my daughter, we went down to Atlanta for a night, felt the Lord leading us down there. He had us sit on the platform, and I was sitting up there, and I remember him putting on a clinic of the working of miracles. And it was like, Miracle, miracle. And I'm not talking about, yeah, we think we're healed. No, I'm talking about there wasn't a vertebra and now there is one, right? I'm talking about scars that were there that went away and it went miracle, miracle, miracle. And I was sitting on the platform. I'm like, I've heard about this stuff, but I, I want to operate in it for, for God's sake. I want to operate in that. Every believer should be operating at a higher level. Those that believe will lay hands on the sick and raise the dead. And I was sitting there, and, you know, I, I wanted to be like this. But I, I, I did the religious thing. I was like, mm, I see that, Brother Ted. Amen. Glory to God. He said, Pastors, you see this? I was like, yeah, I see that. And inside I was going, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, and I loved it because we should be seeing that more. That should be very normal. It shouldn't be shocking. It should be normal. And as you get around people that have that anointing that manifests, it becomes normal in your life. I believe this week that 
manifested anointing is going to rise in all of our lives where you are going to affect the community. You are going to affect the city as you watch and that those giftings are imparted to you. You're receiving something this morning, every night, this week. You're going to be different, operating more and more like Christ. Amen? Yeah. Glory to God. So I went to the camp meeting and uh, met Brother Ted, and I just enjoyed it, and I really felt like I'm not supposed to miss these. And as we've gone, I would say we've really, to me, have become like family. And uh, I love the Shuttlesworth. Their drive for the Lord is beautiful, the whole family. And uh, so I'm so excited, and we are so honored to have you and the whole team here this morning. And I don't want to delay. So uh, do we have a mic for uh, Brother Ted? Amen. We have it. Amen. We love you all so much. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> we're so happy to be here today, and we love your pastors so much. And we're just excited about what the Lord's going to do here in Albemarle. And um, we just want to join our faith with them to see a great, great work done here and to see many souls saved. And we believe there's going to be great increase in this church in every area. And we know that this week, we need you to be there every single service if you can, because God is not only going to do things for you this week and do mighty miracles and save your loved ones and bring those that are sick, those that are dying, those that are depressed and oppressed, whatever their problems are, bring them, because God's going to do great things. But also, God is going to do a work in you to prepare you to bring in the harvest and to disciple the souls that are going to be saved this week. We need everyone on board. God has a plan for every one of our lives. He has a purpose for you and he needs you to work for him. So do we have any good men that are able to just work for the Lord? <laughs> and so we're excited. I just, it's so wonderful to be in God's presence and to see him do wonderful things and mighty things. And, um, we're so thankful for this team that came from Atlanta. Thank you so much for coming. Can, can somebody come up and tell us what's been going on? Because they get out on the streets, they start witnessing, they start praying for people, and they take their street reach truck, which opens up and is, is for children, children's outreach to win children to the Lord. And it, it's so exciting. Isn't it exciting to work for the Lord? Tell us what's been going on. Okay. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My team, we welcome. We're so grateful to be here. Um, Pastors Merrick, Pastor Linda, War Harvest Church. And so we've been going out to the streets, to the highways and byways. We've been going to tra trailer parks, uh, apartment complexes, industry, leading people to the Lord as we come into their path. They're, they're just sitting and waiting for something. Yes. And so we're looking for a street reach location. We have a couple in mind we're going to be doing tomorrow. And so we'll do that every, after, every evening at um, 6 o'clock. So we're going out, we're going to do one at three at the tent, bring the kids at six o'clock, and we'll break down in time to come into the crusade. But um, tell others about if they need healing, draw them, tell them we're inviting people to come, be healed, yeah. see miracles, see the word come alive to you. Yeah. Amen. So can, if anybody here would like to go out and win souls on the streets, can they go with you? Yes. 
Yes, we're going to uh, create a, a list. You can sign up. We're going to be doing it like Tuesday and Thursday. So in the afternoon, we'll do the soul winning, and but the morning will be dominated with giving out more flyers, getting rid of flyers, and as the opportunity presents itself, we'll lead people to the soul. So we're going to have a sign-up, indicate your phone number and the preference, whether it's Tuesday afternoon or Thursday afternoon, and then we'll, and we'll determine a meeting place and make it happen. Okay, will the sign-up be here at the church this morning? Will it be in the, in the foyer? Great. So that it's so exciting, and it's so easy because people are so hungry. Everybody has a need. Everybody wants prayer for something. And so it's easy. You can just say to people, would you like to have prayer? And 99% of people will say yes. No one has said no. And that's like an open door. People are just, they really are waiting to hear some word of encouragement. People are searching for something. Jesus is that something. And so when we come offering, we begin by saying God loves you and he has a plan for your life. And that opens the heart. Yes, Amen. that's awesome. Amen. We, we were at a church that they, they create, created these little cards and it said on one side, free prayer. And the other side had the church name. And they would just go like in the malls and stuff before COVID. And uh, they would just say, we're, we're giving out free prayer today. Would you like prayer? And then just lead them to the Lord. It's, you know, it's wonderful. So we're excited. Are you excited? Yeah. Hallelujah. This morning's going to be wonderful. We have a great message, a word from the Lord from our brother Ted, who's ministered for over 45 years. And we love him. I love you, honey. Great, great man of God. Praise God. Amen. This is my 52nd year of preaching. And um, it feels like it. Amen. <laughs> what a nice group of people, eh? You're blessed, Pastor, to have this wonderful church when we drove in. And uh, I don't know if you know it, the address you sent Donnie to come was the old location in town. And I said, you know, he does that occasionally. If he doesn't want you to come to the new place, <laughs> he gives you the old address. Amen. <laughs> and we figured it out. Thank God you have a website. Thank God we have an iPhone. Thank God my wife knows how to do it. Glory to God. Praise God. Which one's Carol again? She was, oh, there you are. Um... Hey, good to see you too. You still doing all right? Amen. I got the sun in my eyes and that light, so I had to look. Let's pray for the team. Stretch your hand towards them. I appreciate them so much. I'm going to use uh, Sister as a point of contact. Father, we thank you for souls that will be saved this week. We thank you for all of our friends that have come, Steve and, and Jim and all, all the guys. We thank you for these ladies. God bless them. Watch over them. Keep them by your power. Give them a special anointing to win souls. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. And everybody said amen. Amen. Hallelujah. How you doing, Brother Steve? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. We had a good meeting. Where was it? The, uh, Roxburgh, I think. Uh, Raleigh, yeah. And uh, that one night when that gentleman whose feet wouldn't work and he came in on the crutches, remember him? I think 
I think my brother got greater blessing than the man that got healed. Amen. I looked over. He was, he was jumping. Glory to God. Praise God. Stand with me one last time. Sound, you're doing perfect. I wouldn't turn it up or down. I'd leave it right there. Glory to God. Everybody lift your hands to the Lord with me this morning. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for these wonderful people. Great people. We have greatness on the inside of us because your word declares greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so we confess and we declare we have the greater one in us today. And greatness is working in us today. And we're getting stronger today. We're getting more powerful today. Greater wisdom today. Everything that you've promised in your word is increasing in us today. Hallelujah. And we thank you for it. We give you praise for it. Let the wonderful, precious anointing of your spirit be on your word and upon our hearts. Give us ears to hear it. Let us receive it in our spirits. In Jesus' wonderful name, hallelujah, amen. Remain standing. Say this with me. Jesus knows, Jesus knows. Just, what just what I need. Oh, yes, he knows. Just what I need. He satisfies my every need. Supplies. Oh, yes, he knows just what I need. My Jesus knows just what I need, oh yes, he knows just what I need. He satisfies my every need, he will supply. Yes, he knows just what I need you got to come on my Jesus knows just what I need oh yes he knows just what I need he satisfies my every need he will supply. Yes, he knows just what I need. All the ladies, come on girls, sing. My Jesus knows just what I need. Just lift your hands. He knows. Oh, yes, he knows just what I need. He satisfies my every need. Oh, he will supply. Yes, he knows. Oh, that's beautiful. One more time, girls. My Jesus knows. Oh, yes, 
Thank you, Lord. He satisfied. It's our turn. Come on. My Jesus knows just what I. Whew, glory to God. Oh, yes, He knows just what I need. He satisfies my every need. He will supply. Yes, he knows just what I need. One more time, men. My Jesus knows just what I need. Oh, yes, he knows just what He satisfies my every need. He will supply. Yes, he knows just what I need. Now everyone, like a choir, my Jesus knows just what I need. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes, he knows just what I need. He satisfies my every need. He will supply. Yes, he knows just what I need. Just one more time. Come on, sing it, church. My Jesus knows just what I need. Oh, yes, he knows just what I need. He satisfies my every he will supply. Yes, he knows just what I need. Well, clap your hands and rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Now, before you're seated, turn around and tell one of your friends, uh, if you don't know him, stranger, and tell him, today is your day to receive. Your day. Today is your day <laughs> to receive from the Lord. Amen. Then you may be seated. If you have your Bible, turn with me this morning to the book of James. The fifth chapter, James chapter 5, and uh, I don't intend to be long. I can say what I got to say in a couple of hours. <laughs> so glad to be with brother and sister. Yes. Right? 
When you're with them, you know you're never wrong. I've been hearing about this great church and now I get to come and see it. Praise God. Why do I think you're from Maine? You're not from Maine, are you? You're from North Carolina. Amen. It's Marky Dunphy that I'm looking for. But she's hiding. She went over to the other side. Amen. Whatever that means. Glory to God. I was looking for Sister Marky. Her dad called me yesterday. We talked on the phone. And uh, I like to kid him. He said, you know, I'm believing someday my daughter's coming home. I said, she's never coming home. She's gone. Get over yourself. <laughs> I remember when my kids left, I had faith they'd come back too. But obviously not that good of faith. Glory to God. James chapter 5, if you have your Bible. And uh, today I brought my uh, new King James Version as opposed, uh, opposed to the old authorized version. But James 5 verse 1, the Bible says, Come now, you rich. So you don't need a concordance to figure out he's not the rich folk. Weep and howl. You see, riches does not guarantee peace of mind. Does not mean that you're going to be kept from problem. Money can't buy everything. Are you listening to me? Weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Now we know James here was prophesying about the end of time. Something that would happen towards the end. And God never has been surprised. God doesn't sit in heaven and say to Jesus, I didn't know that was coming. <laughs> no, God has never been surprised. The Bible says he knows the beginning, he knows the end. He's Alpha and he's Omega. And so that also gives us the thought that God knows how to reveal to you and I what we need to know, information, when we need to know it, that we might be blessed. In Jeremiah, the prophet said, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. That's the Lord talking. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. This is in the NIV. Plans to bless you. Everybody say, God wants me blessed. Say it again in case you used to be a Baptist. God wants me blessed. Amen. I know where I'm at. I started North Carolina 47 years ago. Everybody was a Baptist. And they all had cigarette problems. You go by their church, they're out front fogging up the mosquitoes on Sunday morning. You know, the cash crop down here for years was tobacco, but they, they'd preach against it. Especially Pentecostals, they say, you shouldn't smoke, but they'd raise it in their fields and sell it. <laughs> I used to preach at churches like that. I said, look up the word hypocrite in the Bible. You'll find your face. Amen. I mean, dictionary, dictionary. Sorry about that. 
But we've learned, haven't we, that God works with the heart and not by denomination or religion. He sees a man, he sees a woman that's hungry for him. And he said, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. So that bypasses denominational leadership and people that try to stand in your way and gives you an automatic audience with the Lord who said, I have a plan to bless you and to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you a hope and to give you a future. Hallelujah. God doesn't have an unlisted phone number. You can call him up for yourself. One time a fella called me. I'll never forget this. Four o'clock in the morning. I don't even know how he got the number. Because it wasn't my home. We were staying. And he said, Brother Shuttlesworth? I said, yeah, who is this? He says, Brother Wade. I said, yeah, what do you want, brother? He said, uh, I've been fasting. I said, beautiful. I thought he'd call me at four in the morning and tell me he's not eating. I don't know if he's all there or not. I said, I've been fasting. I said, good, Brother Wade. He said, uh, and the Lord spoke to me. I said, praise the Lord. Some folks he's not talking to. I'm trying to get off the phone. She's stirring. She's going, uh, putting the pillow over her head. He said, and the Lord told me, Brother Shuttlesworth, only skinny people are going up in the rapture. <laughs> Back then, I weighed 362 pounds. And he said, I love you so much that I thought I'd call and tell you. I said, Wade, what's the going weight for salvation? Because <laughs> if you tell me what it is, I'll get down to it. And that cat bird, he said to me, well, I'm down to 147 pounds. I said, uh-oh, looks like I'm going to hell. <laughs> People will try to steer you according to their own thinking, persuading you many times wrongly. Nobody knows you any better than the Father. He knows what you need, and this is what messes some people's theology up. God has a customized blessing just for you that doesn't belong to anybody else. Say, I have a blessing. It's mine, and it's not yours. You got to get your own for yourself. Oh, yeah, you got to get your own blessing. You got to get your own touch. You got to get your own relationship with God. And if you'll do that, then the Lord said, I'll bless you going in and coming out. But the blessing is different for each and every person. Hallelujah. Some people, you get blessed just eating homemade bread with a big slice of a tomato from the summer garden. Amen. With mayonnaise. Glory to God. I, I don't know. I'm talking myself into it right now. When I was younger and I used to preach down here, they had that North Carolina barbecue was with co uh, coleslaw on it. I mean to tell you, I put a lot of pigs in the ministry. Amen. There's this black brother over near Elizabeth City, Johnny, and he got up four in the morning and he'd take a half a hog, put it on the grill and get the hickory wood and start smoking it. And I could smell it in my hotel and it, it like the cartoon character, it made me float out of bed. And I went over, and I got talking to that dear brother. He loved the Lord, but I tell you something else. He 
taught me a lesson about learning how to enjoy the simple blessings that God gives you. He told me how he needed hickory wood and didn't have any. Somebody came by and said, I'll trade you a, a truckload of wood for some barbecue. Are you listening to me? He said, God's never forsaken me. God's never failed me. God's always been there. God makes a way when it looks like there is no way. Hallelujah. God will put food on your table. He'll put clothes on your back. He'll give you a sound mind. He'll put peace in your spirit. Can you shout hallelujah? You are not an accident, but God has made you of divine design. Amen. You're not fiddling with the controls back there, are you? Amen. Get your hands off of it. I'll work the mic. Glory to God. God's not like a sound man. He'll let you go on your own. I used to tell people, thank God for sound, man. They kept me spiritual. Glory to God. I never knew how much volume I had or didn't have and about tore my throat up trying to adjust. But they're doing good. James 5 is interesting. It's a prophetic passage in this teaching. Now, James was the pastor of the first church, which was in Jerusalem. There were three Jameses in the Bible. And someone said, well, which one wrote the book of James? There was James the less. There was James, who was, uh, you know, the brother, Peter, James, and John that traveled together. The trio James, the three musketeers. Someone said, which James was it? I said, well, all I know is his name was James. And, of course, the brother's Jesus. But James said... In the fifth chapter, we divide it by chapters, but he said towards the end of this address to the church that something was going to happen that would affect those who had a lot of money. Now, someone asked me, said, Brother Shuttlesworth, do you believe in prosperity in a general sense? By that I mean people in the world prosper, but it doesn't mean God's doing it, see. And here's an example of people that had wealth, but God was not for them. And so we need to understand that the blessing of God, which makes rich, adds no sorrow. Technically, it's for the servants of God only and not the world. We don't teach that enough. Well, someone said, but can't the world use Bible principles and get blessed? No. God only honors those that honor him. And there are vessels of honor and there's vessels of dishonor. Now, we that are believers, we can see they're using Bible principles, but it doesn't mean God's blessing their sin. How many understand where I'm coming from? Well, he said, your miseries, and equate that with rich, but without God. That's why I had to say it this way. Because you're going to be miserable if you don't have Jesus in your life. I don't care if you own the lake nearby. If you don't have Jesus in your life, you're going to be miserable. Because money is no guarantee, as I said earlier, for happiness. But God said in the Psalms, the Lord delights in the prosperity of his servants. So we see in a minute, and I had to lay it out this way, that God was not pleased with these people, which means therefore, according to the Psalms, they were not his servants. Yeah. 
Are you still listening to me? They weren't his servants. So when people come to me, and I, you know, we hear a lot of it, especially now there's a resurgence of teaching on prosperity. We need to understand God prospers his children. His children. And the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Who is the righteous? Someone say, I am. I am. Say it again, I am. I am. You're the righteous, see. So praise God. God has a plan to bless his children, his servants. But these that he refers to, James, were not the servants of God, nor, as we read on, were they approved by God. And so there are two categories in the world. There's the world's economy and there's God's economy. And if you're going by the world's economy, I'm going to encourage you, get out of it and get over into God's economy as soon as you can. The world's economy is governed by greed and fear, but God's economy is governed by sowing and reaping. Hallelujah. Faith in God that if I do what God said, he'll do what he said. Hallelujah. Genesis 8:22. As long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed time and harvest, summer and winter. I'm not a climate change guy because I believe the Bible. And so the Bible says as long as there's an earth, there's going to be summer there's going to be winter there's going to be cold there's going to be hot are you hearing me but we got people that worship birds more than they do Jesus hallelujah Hallelujah. had to think that one through glory to God sometimes when I'm preaching I censor things because I don't want to shock you amen but I have thoughts amen Well, I'll go ahead and tell it. Who cares? <laughs> Donnie and Sister Bonnie and I, we were up in Mystic, Connecticut. And I went to get ice cream at a place. Actually, my cousin Doug was with me. And the girl was yelling at an older person, an older woman. I don't know how old she would have been, but she's older than me. And the reason she yelled at the woman was because a dog had come in that ice cream shop and had grabbed a hold of the woman's dress and she just swatted the dog so she didn't get bit. And the young girl selling the ice cream started yelling at the lady. She says, that dog's as important as you. And I stood there, I couldn't believe what I heard. So, when I went to get my ice cream cone, I said, do you really believe that dog's as important as that dear lady? Yeah. I said, then you don't mind if I go get a leash and lead you out of here, do you, you dog? (laughs) My cousin Doug, he looked at me and said, man, you're going to get us in jail. Amen. (laughs) No. (laughs) You see, the world has no respect for people that are older than them, younger than them. And that's why you have abortion. That's why you have all of this uh, nonsense going on right now is because they have no God to put their faith in. So they put their faith in science, as the Bible says, falsely so-called. Amen. James is a prophetic word. Now let's look at this real quick. I'm not going to be long, but I want you to get this. The Spirit came upon James to talk about riches. He goes on to say, eventually, your gold and your silver shall be cankered. Or rusted. In other words, worthless. People say, you got any gold? You got any silver? Well, you can get it, but eventually it's not going to be worth anything anyhow. The Bible says so. Are you hearing me? 
1866, after the Civil War, gold was about $34 an ounce. And with that, you could buy the best possible suit you could ever have made, $34. I saw it. I had an old periodical someone gave me. I thought, wow, that's, that's pretty good. Gold this morning is around 1700 and change, and it'll get you a, a pretty good suit. A customized suit now is about $2,000. So all gold does is just hedge against things, but it's not an investment. It doesn't gain value. It just, whatever's going on, it's still there. Hallelujah. And that's what the Bible's talking about. It becomes worthless. And then he goes on to say, and I like this. He said, behold, the wages of the laborers. And, and I like this here. I'm reading from the New King James. I don't know what changed about it. But the wages of these laborers, what threw me is that word in the New King James that says mowed. But the King James, what does it say? Huh? What does the King James say? Instead of mowed, Reaped. I like the King James on that because mowed, I'm getting ready to talk about the law of sowing and reaping. It's not the law of sowing and, and mowing. Amen. <laughs> Which have reaped down your fields. And then you, he's talking about the rich folks, you kept back their money by fraud. And they are crying out. The cries of the reapers have entered into the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. So here you see the working man is getting ripped off by the rich men. And it's causing an oppression to come upon the people. And as a result, they begin to cry out. And the Lord of the Sabbath is Jesus. Jesus hears the cry of people who are oppressed by others. Are you still listening to me? They say uh, 90 some percent of the world's wealth is controlled by 3% of the people. And in our country, 1% uh, in, uh, pretty much controls the money. And so if you want to know what's going on right now, it's, there's, there really is no disease. I, I, how many understand that? It's called the Great Reset. And what the rich are doing, they're trying to reset everything so that the working man has to be subservient to them. So they're bankrupting properties. China just bought a big gas company that's put new gas lines across the United States. They're claiming 30 feet right-of-ways on either side of the gas line, which will give China one-third of our real estate in this nation, say. These are evil people. These are evil plans. But it's not going to work. I'm going to get to that in a minute. I said, it's not going to work. Everybody say, devil, it's not going to work. Say it again. Devil, it's not going to work. You see, that Jesus is still the Lord of the Sabbath. Hallelujah. He has the final say. Who has the final say? God has the final say. Hallelujah. But because we have weakness in the pulpits and weak preachers and we don't have the leadership we need, they thought, well, we'll just shut the churches down. They didn't have to. Most of them were already shut down with people in them. Oh, I'm feeling pretty good. I should have had Wheaties. <laughs> but I'm afraid it might change me. Hallelujah. 
That's Sister Jenner. She knows. Amen. <laughs> when I saw that, I started eating Cheerios. Glory to God. <laughs> I was concerned about Donnie. He's sticking to his Wheaties, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. And the Bible says these wages, they keep it back through fraud, and they use it for sexual and evil purposes. And so they keep it back, and they use it to sin with. So you can't tell me God's blessing that and that God's prospering that. He's not. God does not prosper sin. And then the Bible says they have heaped together treasures together for the last days. Now you could say to me, well, Brother Shelsworth, that means the last days that they're living. But no. We read on. The Bible says the laborer, those that work in sowing and reaping, in the fields, the Bible calls them in one, I think it's King James husbandmen. In the New King James calls them farmers. But actually husbandmen's the better term because it refers to Jesus. And Jesus is more than a farmer. Husbandman means oversees all of the fields. And so the Bible says their cry entered into his ears. He heard about it. And then it said, he says to them, Establish your hearts and be patient for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. So with that verse, we understand the last days mean right before Jesus comes. Can you say amen? amen. And the Bible even says in the Old Testament, one of the writers prophesied there'd be a mighty transfer in the last days from the wicked, the evil that would come into the hands of the righteous. And I personally believe that we're living in that time right now. There is no Bible prophecy that is left to be fulfilled for Jesus to come. He can come right now. All of the prophecies concerning the coming of Christ have been fulfilled. Are you hearing me? The next sound you're going to hear is a trumpet and you're getting out of here. You may be on the streets of Albemarle, but you're getting out of here. You may be in Atlanta, but you're getting out of here. Wherever you're at, when the trumpet sounds, you're leaving this earth for the last time. Hallelujah. Till you get your glorified body and come back with the Lord. Hallelujah, to rule and reign for a thousand years. We're that close. But may I encourage you that God is working right now and don't be concerned about evil men. God's got it all taken care of. But the people have to use their authority. We have to speak by authority the word of God to the situation we're dealing with. Are you hearing me? A young man named Danny came to me a few months ago. He went into the hospital, and they said he had uh, uh, the COVID-19. He called me from the hospital. I said, I say you don't have it, and you're healed. And when they come back to test him that afternoon, it had disappeared. And so he went back home and went to work. Glory to God. You see, you have authority. The Bible, uh, name me a disease Jesus can't heal. 
No, the Bible says he healeth all our diseases. And if the man-made ones come, he can heal them too. Because the gifts of the Spirit is one of the gifts of the gifts of the Spirit is the gift of healing, and it's expansive. If there's a new disease, there's a gift to heal it. The Bible says so. And so you're not going to put God at a disadvantage. You're not going to surprise God. God is working right now on the earth. But the next thing you can expect to see is a resetting of the economies of the world, but not for the people of God. He'll still take care of us. He still will watch over us. He still will bless us. He will keep his hand on us. We're going to be all right. While the world is moaning and groaning and saying, I don't know what's going to happen next, you can lift your hand and say, I do. I'm waiting for the sound of a trumpet. I'm getting out of here. Hallelujah. But until I go, I'm going shouting. I'm going praising God. I'm going with a victory in my heart. The Bible says we go from victory under victory and from glory under glory. There is no loss for the child of God, but we are more than conquerors through him that loved us and gave himself for us. Hallelujah. It's only getting better for the child of God. Glory, 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 glory. I said glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. When I was preaching in your church in January and February with my son, there was a preacher come. He knew my dad, and his son works at the CDC there. He said, Brother Shelsworth, can I speak to you and Brother Huffton privately? I said, sure. We went in that house up there on the hill above the church, and we're sitting there. He said, my son's afraid for his life. I said, is he not feeling well? No, he said they're lying about the numbers. And he's been threatened if he tells the truth, they'll kill him. See? So don't look at me. Another lie is that black folks are more susceptible than anybody else. That's a lie. You're only number four. Sorry to tell you. <laughs> Caucasians beat you out. Then First Nations. The Indian people come in second. Spanish folks came in third. Shout it with me. I'm number four. I'm number four. Yeah. And everybody running around with face diapers on. And if you want to, that's good. <laughs> Someone said, how come you don't get involved with this? Last year, I just chose not to participate. That's all. I knew in my spirit it was all a bunch of junk. Glory to God. Because if you have the Holy Spirit in you, he will keep you in the final hour. You can trust the Lord to speak to you personally. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. So my wife and I, I've preached long enough. I've got friends in intelligence and all of the, well, they call it intelligence. I have friends from every walk of life. They don't know. They all call me and I just put the information together. I say, hey, hey, how about that? Glory to God. But I made a decision not to preach about what's going on in the world. I made a decision to preach about what's going on in the Bible. Because if you run around, people are going to say, I still don't believe it. You know why? They're an unbeliever. So you got to get them saved got to get them saved I mean think about it. that's a smart disease it can get you at five feet eleven but not at six feet glory to God it can get you if you're walking through a restaurant but if you sit down it leaves you alone smartest thing I ever saw 
The truth is, Americans have lost their ever-loving minds what's going on. Not as smart as they think they are. All my uncles were World War II vets. You can see where I come from. Glory to God. Plus, I'm Irish. Is this a private fight or can anybody join? Glory to God. And so we see, prophetically, these things are going to happen. So why are you getting in fear when the Bible told you it would happen? Now, it's interesting to me, as I close this, in James 5, is also where we're introduced to praying for the sick. In James chapter 5, is there any sick among you? Let them call upon the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil. Pray the prayer of faith, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise them up. In the same exact prophecy, he then prophesies about healing. Which means in the last days, the two number one concerns are money and health. And the Holy Ghost was ahead of the curve. Somebody say, he's ahead of the curve. Say, he's watching over me. I'm going to be all right. I'm not stupid. I have the mind of Christ. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's three parts to healing. The Bible says, is there any sick among you? That would be the sick. Let them call upon the elders. Number one, if you're sick, you're supposed to get a hold of people that have faith to pray for your healing. Amen. Secondly, the Bible says, they shall lay hands on the sick. And so the first part is the ministry of the laying on of hands that initiates healing. And then again, that's in Mark 16. And after verse 9, some call it a spurious text. It's not because in uh, different fragments uh, they, we find those last verses. Just because the Catholic Bible said they weren't there doesn't mean the Catholics are right. I mean, look at their Pope. He said there was no Adam and Eve. Said Jesus is just another man. God bless Francis. He better straighten himself up. Amen. <laughs> he said you could get just as much from God, from Muhammad as you can Jesus. And the cardinal in Rome. <laughs> he said how do we rebuke the Pope? <laughs> so I'm doing it for the cardinal as a favor. <laughs> so you see... There's parts to receiving. Then the Bible says, <clears throat> the second part, the Lord will raise them up. You don't have to raise anybody up. That's God's job. The Lord will raise them up. So whenever you have prayer, the Lord will raise you up. It says if they're sick, anoint them with oil. I was preaching in Philadelphia for Bishop Robinson years ago in Germantown. And... <clears throat> This little lady come up. She said, Brother Shuttlesworth, do you make house calls? I said, don't say Dr. Shuttlesworth. It says evangelist. <laughs> but yeah, I pray. she said, my brother Charles was filled with cancer. And they've sent him home to die. And my mama, she goes to the Baptist church. But she said they, they haven't prayed for him. And would you mind coming? I said, Bishop, you know where she lives? Her name was Theodosius. I said, yeah, we'll come. So after the Sunday service, Bonnie and Sister Robinson, they were going to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken. I said, you better buy two buckets and leave one bucket alone. 
because I'd love them biscuits. But as the Lord would have it, the biscuits weren't there in either bucket when I got back. So we went to Theodosia's mama's house. We get in there and her church people were already there sitting on the couch in one of the chairs. Theodosia's mother was crippled. She had, you ever seen them metal crutches that fit behind your elbows like? And she had them on either side of her and sitting there. Beautiful lady. And they were having like a mini church service. They handed out little hymnals. You know, Baptist folk, God bless them, they can sing. They just started singing. Tis the old ship of Zion. Tis the old ship of Zion. And I'm looking at my watch thinking about chicken. Tis the old ship of Zion. Get on board. Get on board. And I'm thinking, yeah, get on board and get out of here. Then they read a scripture you read at a funeral. And I thought, oh, I leaned over. I said, Theodosius, did Charles die? No, he's in the kitchen. I thought, what's he in the kitchen for? <laughs> then they passed a basket around, took up an offering. Come to me. I said, I already gave. Amen. Because my wife got the last of my money for the chicken. I didn't have any money left. So finally they leave. Thank the Lord. So I said, Theodosia, is your brother in the kitchen? Yeah. They couldn't get the hospital bed up the stairs. A lot of those old Philadelphia homes had those real narrow staircases. So I said, well, let's go to the kitchen. Now, even though he was a, a, an African-American, a black brother, his face was gray from death. And he's laying there. <sighs> that death rattle was already in his throat. So I come in there. Now I'm getting mad. I can't stand religion anyhow that has no Jesus in it. I wouldn't follow them to the bathroom, let alone Helen back. And I'm looking. I said to Bishop, you got any oil? We're going to anoint him. He said, no. And I saw on the sideboard, Mazzola oil. They were getting ready to cook chicken for Sunday dinner. I was believing mine was still waiting. So I went over. I saw there was two big chicken breasts there. So I took the whole bottle of oil and I went over. I said, Charles. <laughs> I said, I anoint you in the name of Jesus. And I took the oil and I started at his head and I went right down the sheet. Then right back up again. He's going. <laughs> he's spitting oil out of his face. I said, you're healed. I put the cap back on, put the oil. I left him enough for the two pieces to fry him. And I come out and Theodosius said, is he all right? I said, he's healed. And I could tell the bishop behind me, he wasn't so sure, but I sure. And the mother's there and she's crying. That's her son dying in there, she thinks. And I said, mama, stand up. She couldn't get up, so I jerked her right up out of the chair, laid hands on her, and she fell out in the power of God. And her head landed right on the edge of the fireplace and the, the wind of it caused the ashes to come up and filled her hair. She got grayer instantly. And she's laying there. Theodosius sees it, takes off dancing. And then she falls out in the power. And I said to Bishop, well, they're all laying out. Let's go. And when I got back, there was no biscuits. 
But anyhow, that's another story. <laughs> that night, I go to preach. The back door opens. Man comes in with a nice fedora hat, you know, with the little feathers on the side. He flips his hat up on a, a rack. In comes a woman walking in a nice dress. And right behind him, Theodosius. And I realize that's her brother and her mother. So I didn't wait for nobody. I grabbed the mic. I said, come up here. And Charles took the mic and he testified. And he said, uh, I was in the kitchen when something got a hold of me. All the pain went out of my body. And by the afternoon, he said, by the afternoon, I was strengthened. And he said, my mom and my sister was eating chicken. They didn't have any for me. I felt like saying, hey, and I didn't have biscuits, but I didn't. But he said, I'm healed. And then his mother come up and she said, look, Brother Ted, look at my legs. And I did it because we were in church. It's all right. if you... And she said, look at my legs. She said, I'm healed. And Theodosia's just so happy and she's just praising God. But you see, if you do your part, God does his part. They'll anoint with oil, but the Lord raises them up. Hallelujah. Everybody say the second part. The, second part. the Lord raises them up. This is the kind of faith we need in the church. I don't care what sickness attacks you. Get anointed with oil and let the Lord raise you up. Hallelujah. You name a disease, Jesus is the healer. Psalm 103, who forgiveth all our iniquities, who healeth all our diseases. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 4, verse 35. He went about all their cities and villages, and he healed all of them that were sick and had diseases. He heals all disease. He heals all sickness. This is why they don't want you... I just found out, did you see where YouTube says you can't use scriptures about healing on YouTube now? They just published that on Friday. My son Teddy showed me. You can't talk about healing. Uh, you Get out of here. You think I'm bowing my knee to bail? You shut up, tubby tube. Amen. I'm going to preach healing. I don't have to be on YouTube to tell people that Jesus is a healer. You see, the devil knows when you talk like that and preach like that and read the word like that, the people are going to get healed like that. Hallelujah. And so the devil's trying to shut down your healing. He's trying to shut down your finance. He's trying to come against your children. He's trying to destroy your grandchildren. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. I made up my mind if God said it in his word, he's got to do it. And he will bring it to pass. Raise your hands and praise God. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. That's enough to make a Mooney shout. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. The third part, the Bible says, after hands are laid on, they shall recover. That's your part. Once hands are laid on you in faith, recover. Hallelujah. So he said, I didn't feel it. He didn't say, you shall feel it. He said, you'll recover. Right. Yeah. The Bible says the woman felt in her body she's made hold of the plague after she believed. Yeah. Feeling comes after healing. Yeah. Mark 5, there was a woman who had an issue of blood 12 years. 
And then she heard of Jesus, and she came in the press behind. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made whole. And she touched his clothes. And the Bible says, virtue or power flowed out of Jesus into her. And she immediately was made whole of her plague. And felt in her body. But she felt after she got it. Are you listening to me? Jesus then turned himself about in the press and said, Who hath touched me? And the disciple saith unto him, You say, Who has touched you? Look, there's a multitude. There's a crowd. Jesus said, Somebody touched me. And then his eyes, he seen her that had touched him. He knew. And he said, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Faith comes before feeling. Everybody say, Faith comes before feeling. These three parts to your healing are in the Bible to make sure the devil doesn't make you live a short life, but that God will let you have a long life. Hallelujah. With long life will I satisfy thee. Are you hearing me? Yes, sir. Glory. Glory. Now there's another story in the Bible that links James 5 together. James 5 starts out, something's going to happen to the money. But he said he's waiting for the early rain and the latter rain, which according to Joel 2 speaks of the outpouring of the Spirit. That's what we're waiting on. The final move, and I personally believe it's already started. There's a Jamaican preacher who used to come to our church and he'd get up and he'd sing, It's a sweeping this way, mon. It's sweeping this way. A mighty revival is sweeping this way. We'll keep on believing, trust and obey. A mighty revival is sweeping this way. Hallelujah. See, that's faith in a song. Much of our songs are embalmed with unbelief, but there's a song you can sing. It's sweeping this way. It's already on the move. God is already re reaching out to you and to fallen man and to this world. We're not going out. The devil is not going to write the last chapter of your life's history. Are you hearing me? But your life is hid with Christ in God. Oh, glory to God. It only gets better for the child of God. Just about done. We'll let the Baptist beat us at the steakhouse. Amen. Although I haven't seen one in Abemarie, I'm sure there are. But as long as they got pork barbecue or chicken, we're all right. The Bible says there was a blind man who sat by the side of the road to Jericho begging. When he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And when he heard that he was passing by, the Bible says he cried out with a loud voice, Jesus, thou son of David. And the disciples, the church folks around Jesus said, calm it down. Shh, don't get so excited. I can't stand churches where they get calmed down. Someone dies, it takes the rescue squad half the morning to find the dead person. Amen. Calm it down. Yeah. That's what I say. Hallelujah. Everybody lift your hand and say, I'm going to be on fire for God when he comes. Amen. See, you got to think like that. Never compromise your beliefs because of people's unbelief. They said, don't trouble the master. But the Bible says all he did was cry out the more with 
a great deal, or in other words, louder. Jesus, the Bible says, stopped. Bring that man to me. And the Bible says he arose and cast away his garments. Now, in the Old Testament, under the law, if you were begging or you had problems, you were supposed to wear a certain garment, which signified under the law you had a problem. According to the concordance I read, they'd spread the garment for people to put their money and gifts upon as well. But when he cast the garment aside, what he was saying, someone said, I heard your son preach that. Who do you think he got it from? Amen. When he cast the garment aside, he was saying, I'm not going to beg anymore. And there, his financial destitution was linked to his infirmity. That's why the Holy Ghost had James to prophesy that in the fifth chapter. The devil tries to use health issues and lack of money to destroy you. But the Spirit of God has a plan. His plan is to bless you prosper you and keep you healed by the power of God. Hallelujah. Now I have to confess I was sick one time in February of 1977. For two days I had a fever. And Brother Nemeth here and that reminded me of the story. Brother Nemeth and I were in a meeting and he, he came to me. He said you know how they told you the last night's offering would go to you entirely? I said yeah Brother Frank. He said, well, I was just in the room. They, they were dividing the money up. You're not going to get it all. So I blame Frank for the flu coming on me that time or fever. <laughs> Should have kept his mouth shut. Glory to God. No, he told me that and it really bothered me. And I got mad at the guy that stole my money. So I left that night. You remember you want me to stay over? I said, nah, I'm going home. And I got in the car and drove all the way down to Virginia Beach. And I got madder and madder and I got sicker and sicker. When I got home, I had a fever. I'd never been sick a day of my life. I went from, we didn't have kindergarten in our day because they didn't have kindergarten teachers then. They hadn't been born. But anyhow, <laughs> I went from first grade. I went to a one-room schoolhouse. My job was to bring the coal into the fireplace. At one year uh, of school, you know, I was probably six. My first grade, I had the main job of keeping everybody warm. Hallelujah. From first grade to 12th grade, I never sick a day in my life. Went to Bible school, never sick a day in my life. But now, I have fever, see. Well, on the second day, I wasn't feeling good. My wife was coming down to visit, and she uh, was going to meet my parents for the first time. And I was laid up. I said, Lord, I need you to heal me. He said, I will if you'll forgive the preacher that stole from you. Oh, I was believing, Lord, he'd go to hell with my offering in both hands. I mean, I had faith, but still, I, I already had him in hell dancing with the devil. You know what I mean. I said, all right, Lord, I forgive him. Say, you think preachers aren't susceptible. We all are cut out of the same cloth. And I had to repent. The moment I said, I forgive him, the fever broke in my body. And from that day to this, I've never been sick. Now, I fell and busted my knee a couple of years ago, but I didn't get sick. I just got hurt. And that's a different kind of healing. I found that out. Glory to God. In fact, when I was there, the doctor said to me, you're very close to death. And I looked up at the nurse. I said, you let him call you that? Amen. But anyhow. 
I said, no, doc. I said, you're going to drop dead before I ever do. Amen. By faith. Glory to God. Well, when my wife come to get me, I couldn't walk. <clears throat> my knee was messed up. Hurting. And uh, they, they stabbed me every day. They had these needles. Big ones. You can see them coming down the hall before the nurse got in there. <laughs> big, long thing. She came in and stabbed me. But the Lord raised me back up. I was raised in a home where we believe you didn't have to be sick. That's how my mama and my daddy were. I just watched my mother put her faith to work and everything turned around for her. We were raised to believe there's nothing too hard for God. I said we were raised to believe there's nothing too hard for God. How many of you feel like that? You name me a problem, God has a solution. You name me a challenge, God has a cure. You name me something that the world says that they give you a thumbs down and you're gone. God says, come on, you're my child. I'm going to lift you up. Hallelujah. Set your feet on a rock. You shall not be moved. Everything will work for your benefit. I am the Lord God that healeth thee. I am God that is Jehovah Jireh. I will provide for thee. And that's the anointing that came on James. And that's what he prophesied in that what we would call the fifth chapter yeah there's going to be things happen in the money realm but it doesn't change the lord of the harvest he's just waiting for the precious fruit of the earth we're here to get people born again we're here to get people saved that is our hire uh, hallelujah we are the reapers in the end time harvest and our hire is souls glory to god and the bible says if you'll make that your uh, priority he gives wages to the reapers so if you want prosperity you got to be a soul winner if you want God to bless you you got to go after the lost and when you do you unlock the key to blessing because he gives wages to the reapers whether you're there for the first day or you've been there for two weeks they all got paid the same hallelujah, hallelujah. glory I said glory. glory thank you Lord Jesus praise God so I guess I'm trying to tell you, now that the Baptists are in line eating, everything's going to be all right. Turn to your neighbor and say, everything's going to be all right. Say, everything's going to be all right. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and praise him. You're pretty easy to preach to. Amen. Glory to God. Stand, my dear brother. The power of God's on you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, I don't see any hearing aids, but the Lord told me he's going to touch your ears. So perhaps you're having a little problem hearing. I don't know, but I'm going to pray and we're going to find out. Hold this, son. Don't worry about him. He can okay. jump out, jump you. Glory to God. Lord. Uh, my mouth, sir. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> touch this dear man. Recreate both of his eardrums. One's worse than the other for his hearing. No more ringing. In the name of Jesus, new auditory nerves. Hardness of hearing in Christ's name come. Oh, in Jesus' name. Open for the glory of God. That should sound clearer to you. It does. It does. God just did it, didn't he? Yes. And that's a conf confirmation of what I just preached is the word of God. Come on, lift your hands and praise God. My Jesus knows just what I need. Oh, yes, he knows just what I need. He satisfies my every need. 
he will supply. Yes, he knows just what I need. Come on, sing it again. My Jesus knows just what I need. Oh, yes, he knows just what I need. He satisfies my every need. He will supply. Yes, he knows just what I need. You're a nice lady. Do they people tell you that? Well, if they don't, they should. Glory to God. Take my hand. I'm going to pray for you. The devil's tried to attack you physically here lately. Isn't that right? You were in the kitchen the other day and some kind of a weakness or something come on you for a minute and you had to catch yourself. You were trying to make sure you didn't fall or hurt yourself. In your head, right through here, the devil's trying to put a bleed on your brain. I'm telling you, you shall not have stroke. In the name of Jesus. Lord, heal the woman. Touch these brain cells. No bleed on the brain. Let strength come in during one of your arms that's sometimes starting to feel a little weak to you, mm -hmm. right? Yes. I command now that the bleed <laughs> now the bleed is healed. Let let strength come back into her arm and leg. And where she has a little balance problem, Lord, let her stabilize. Isn't that right? Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. See, Jesus knows all about you. So you can sing this song. My Jesus knows just what I need. Oh, yes, he knows just what I need. And he does. He satisfies oh, my every need. He will supply. Yes, he knows just what I need. You go to this church, young lady. We're glad you do. Stand, please. The Spirit of God is upon you. Do you believe the Lord knew what she needed? How many believe God knew what this little lady needed? She confirmed. But the thing is, right now, there's either a miracle going by you or coming to you from God. The man that we found out later was Bartimaeus. Jesus was passing by, but he turned and he waited for him. His miracle come back to him. Glory, glory. I won't do this. Take your hand, put it on your stomach region. The Lord's going to touch you. A little bit of a difficulty the enemy's trying to put on your body. You shall be whole. You believe that? You're not married, but uh, this touch today will carry through, should Jesus tarry, into your marriage and for children and everything that you have need of. A little bit of a problem here, and the Lord's healing it. And I command the beginning of what some call fibroid tumors to dissolve and go out of your body in the name of the Lord Jesus. And sometimes there's a little bit of problem, and, you know, during... You're daily living in the month. All of that is broken off like the woman in Mark 5 
who had the issue of blood. Jesus heals you this morning at Boomerang Church, the church where people keep coming back. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> you hear my voice better, aren't you? I see you smiling. I adopt you as my father. Mine went to heaven. We'll keep you here for a while. Amen. If you behave. South Carolina. Where at in South Carolina? Prosperity. Well, that's a good place to be. We're glad you're here. How'd you know about the meeting? Joni and Marcus Lamb. Oh, yeah. I've heard of them. They're like struggling young preachers in Texas. Yeah, I love Marcus. You know what he told me? He said, Brother Shuttlesworth, after you were on the air with us on Daystar, he said, all 40 phones locked down for a long time and thousands of people called. He said, that anointing God's given you, he said it blessed people all over the United States. And we welcome you and make sure I get your name because I'm coming to South Carolina. Hallelujah. Yeah. And that's the wonderful thing. The spirit went for the thing that he needed the most, which means he's getting his diabetes under control. And now we're going to say instead of his, say it's God's because you cast the diabetes on the Lord and stop calling it yours. Amen. If someone delivered a $5,000 package UPS at your door and you didn't order it, you're not accepting it. You're not going to sign for it. Same thing with disease and sickness. You didn't wake up one morning and you woke up this morning and said, well, I think I'll have tuberculosis today. No. That's the anointing on you. It's getting stronger and stronger. <clears throat> when you were a little girl, in your back, there was a little bit of a curvature problem in the spine. And the Lord is touching you today and relieving you. And a lot of times the back aches and problems like that, right? <clears throat> you'll notice from today forward, you're healed and you'll be fine. Jesus did it. Hallelujah. Amen. Pain goes in Jesus' name. What's your name? Bonnie. Bonnie? I, that sounds very familiar to me. Amen. Oh, we love the people. Everybody stand with me a minute. Let's just lift our hands and give God the glory. If they pay their electric bill, God will let them have air conditioning. Glory to God. Sing it again. My Jesus knows just what I need. Oh, yes, he knows just what I need. He satisfies my every need. He will supply. Yes, he knows just what I need. One more time. My Jesus knows just what I need, oh yes, he knows. Praise God. He satisfies my every need. He will supply. Yes, he knows just what I and what a lovely name, the name of Jesus. 
reaching high and far than the brightest star. His name is sweeter than the songs they sing in heaven. Well, let the world proclaim what a lovely name. Oh, what a lovely name, the name of Jesus, reaching high and far. Praise God. Oh, then the brightest star, his name is sweet, and the songs they sing in heaven. Well, let the world proclaim. What a lovely name. Sing this. Let our world proclaim. Well, what a lovely name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise thy name. Oh, the name of Jesus is so sweet. His name is that that touches and keeps me free. There is no name greater than his name. The name of Jesus, he is always the same. Hallelujah, he is so sweet. That wonderful name, I love him forever and a day someday i'll see him face to face when we are done with our race hallelujah how many looking forward to seeing him face to face glory you can tell I paid attention when my grandmother sang to me as a boy. Glory to God. Someone said, I don't know them songs. That's the problem. Hallelujah. How many are glad for Jesus? Be seated a minute before we close in prayer. Let me see that blue envelope that you had. Now I'm going to tell you something we're going to do. Everybody look my way. Don't fill out nothing. Don't do nothing. But dig out both your ears. There's two things that happened in James 5. One was God's provision. The other was his healing. When Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, said he was going to bankrupt America this year. And he said he was going to use COVID-19 to do it. He wrote a book called COVID-19 and the Great Reset. You should get it and read and tell you everything that's going on. It's not about sickness. It's about destroying the wealth of America. The Lord spoke to me in November of last year. He said, do you think I love my children? I said, I know you do. He said, then I'm going to show you how to undo the great reset. 
Well, he knew I knew what that was because I just read about it. So I began to fast and pray. And during that time, the Lord said, teach my people to undo the great reset. They've got to give me an offering of faith. So I wrote that down. I said, what's an offering of faith, Lord? Here's what he told me. If you'll give God an offering that you don't think you can afford to give, that's an offering of faith. But if you give an offering that you say, well, I can do that, there's no faith in it and God can't bless it. Let me say that again. I'm not talking about tithe, not talking about free will offering. I'm talking about an offering of faith and it's in the Bible. Now, when it came to the atonement offering, he said, the rich shall not give more, the poor shall not give less than a half a shekel to make an atonement for their soul. That was a set amount. When it came to the tithe, it was a set amount. The tithe belongeth unto the Lord, Leviticus says. And again, in Numbers, we read that. But an offering of faith is a free will offering in that you determine what you're going to give God. That's why I can't stand to go to these meetings. Who'll give a thousand? Who'll give? That's not the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Spirit can talk to you. Sure he can. And so today, I'm going to challenge you to give an offering of faith. Some of you have to rip your check up because you already made it out. Not even waiting for the instruction. Always remember this. Every offering, wait for the instruction. Because if we are Spirit-led even in our giving, and the Spirit is a multitude of, and a variety of ways that he speaks to us, wait to hear what he's saying at that moment. Get your fresh word from God. Get your daily bread from God. And so this morning, I want you to get one of these blue envelopes. I want you to prepare to give God an offering of faith. What is an offering of faith? I want you to give God something you don't feel you can afford to give. And what God will do, he'll undo the plan of the enemy in this so-called great reset designed against you. Are you hearing me? They're not trying to pull it on the Muslim nations. Friday... <clears throat> We took all of the gold from Afghanistan, $1.3 billion worth of gold bars, and just stole it right out of the country. It was not about helping the people. It was about taking the money. Are you listening to me? So I'm a little too old for you to tell me all this junk. I uh, found out that people that love money, the love of it is the root of all evil. War, famine, disease, destruction, and the devil's behind it. But we're going to undo the devil's plan. You saw there on the television in Australia, they accidentally switched over to a satanic ritual when they were reporting on the news in Australia, and it went viral all over the nation. <clears throat> That's really what's behind it. And they weren't supposed to show it, but they did. I hope the girl reporter is still alive come Monday. But anyhow, millions saw it. That's really what's going on. Behind the scenes, Satan hates this world. He hates mankind. Why? Because you have the image of God in you. What was the one thing in Isaiah 14 he wanted? He said, I'll be like the Most High God. God simply said, you won't. And Jesus said, I beheld him when he fell as lightning. But then God said, let us make man in our image and likeness. And because of what you look like, you make the devil mad every day you wake up. He sees this beautiful black lady. He says, oh, I hate her. She's got the image of God. Everybody say, black is beautiful. He sees this beautiful white woman, Bonnie, and he says, I hate her. Everybody say, white is wonderful. White is wonderful. Say, First Nations are fabulous. First Nations are fabulous. That's your Cherokee that live in North Carolina. Hey, man, you get a little Indian blood. Hallelujah. Hispanics are handsome. I must be Hispanic. Glory to God. <laughs> Learn that this is not about 
what you think it's about. The devil hates the image of God that is formed in you. And you should celebrate the fact I'm made to be like God. You ladies are beautiful. You men, you're the most handsome men on the planet. Sinners are ugly. How many of you ever noticed sinners are as ugly as sin? So I want you to get ready. Get one of these blue envelopes. Thank you for your gift. It says on the back. But first you've got to put one in there. And let's bow our head and pray. And the Lord will show you what to give. But again, I challenge you to give an offering of faith. Something that you... Who did I take this from? You? I, I repent and I return it. Amen. Something you can't afford to give in the natural. But you say, by faith, I'm going to do it. And it'll put a wall of protection around my money, my home, my family, my children. That's the word of the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for Brother Wright and his precious wife. And uh, she doesn't know it. I wrote the same two words down on my pad in my room. Great expectations. That is not Charles Dickens. That's me and Sister Wright. Glory to God. And we know you've got something planned for this region. You told me to come to North Carolina. These are the people you have assigned me to minister to today. And I've challenged them according to the word that came to me in November of last year. Tell the people to give an offering of faith. Something in the natural they don't feel they can afford. Now, Lord, they know what that is. I don't have to tell them. You'll tell them. Then let them be obedient. And then, Lord, we promise to give you all the glory for supernatural breakthroughs. Thank you for what you're going to do under the tent tonight and every night. We pray for Brother Rick Lloyd, that you touch him in his body. Raise him up by this same anointing. Help him to eat better, Lord. Amen. Like you taught me how. Glory to God. Glory. Can you say amen? I have a man that has the American flag on his socks. I don't know whether to salute him or tie his shoes. But he's a nice man. But he obeyed the word of the Lord. I can see it in his face. You can feel it when you know you did what you were supposed to do, see. You don't need a preacher saying, do this, do that. You'll know that you obeyed the Holy Spirit. So go ahead and prepare to give. If you're making out a check, make it payable to Boomerang Church. Your check will not bounce, but it may come back to you. Amen. If you want to give by credit card or text or whatever, I'm sure they got all the information on the screen. Don't worry about the comment on Facebook. There's the cash app. There's uh, all, the, all the information and even somebody that wrote squiggles on the screen in a square. I don't know what it means, but I'm sure it means you can get one. <coughs> what does it mean, Dick Draven? QR code. What does that mean? Queer? Huh? A link. Whose website? The churches. How come we don't have a queer code? We don't, we don't do that? QR. I'm going to change it to be quick response. Q for quick, R for response. Give me one of them quick response cards. Amen. I'll put it on everything I own. Glory to God. Draven works for us. He helps run the TV. If you've enjoyed the telecast, Brother Draven now is responsible for 183 nations of the world, many openings and closings, social media, and he's just an all-around good guy. Amen. He's got a girlfriend. We're not sure about her yet. If you're watching, you're still on trial. Glory to God. 
If you're not watching, oh well. No, she's a nice young girl. What was her name again? Oh yeah, thank you. I see if he remembered. I don't have to remember. My wife's name is Bonnie. That's all I got to remember. Bonita means good. What else does it mean, dear? Sweet and good. And she told me that, and I believed her. Hallelujah. My name means rough and ready. Glory to God. Teddy Roosevelt, Rough Riders. Glory. The Lord will speak to you. How many, when you're done, just wave at me, and I'll know you're either friendly or you're finished filling out your offering. Glory to God. We thank God for Brother Brian. Sister Wright. Sam, man, you did a great job. I was just kidding you while I was finding my way. I still haven't found my way, but anyhow, you did good. We might press you into service this week. Glory to God. Glory to God. <clears throat> How many of you know if Jesus were to come right now, you're ready? Let me see your hand. Lift it up. I'm going to check because if you don't have it up, I'm coming to you and drag you out of your seat. You're getting saved whether you want to or not. Every hand. Well, this is what you call a believer's meeting. Glory to God. What about you, young fella in the back row? Did you have your hand up? You're hugging the girl. I wasn't sure. All right. There we go. You got like a light from that window. You look like an angel. An angel with a ball hat. Glory to God. Let's see if my reflexes work. When you're ready and you feel you've obeyed God, just stand on your feet, ladies and gentlemen. God bless you. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You got a chair somewhere, Brother Brian? I'm going to pray over the people's finances. I think I am. Not that one, son. That's for Goliath. There we go. Thank you. What I want to do, I want to lay hands on your offering and release a blessing to your family. How many want, if you're working, raise in pay or increase money? How many want protection over your retirement money? This is exactly what I'm preaching about. That God's going to build a wall of protection around you and your family. Amen? We're going to sing a fast song. Where's the singing girls? <clears throat> Where's them dancing girls? Come back up here. Yeah. What was that song you were singing? It was really a mover. Huh? What was it? Overflow! The young guy that wrote that lived in Norfolk, Virginia. I remember when he first sang it at Carlton Pearson's. Glory to God. Now, girls, get a mic. Stand up here close to me so I can see if your pitch is right and you're singing the right key. All right. Can't have a bad pitch. You got you to hit it from a guy that can't sing or hold a note. Glory to God. Where'd Marky go? Marky, we're waiting. The fried chicken is waiting. Here she comes. Her dad's one of my good friends. And her mother, her father calls his wife Debbie Doll. 
It's pretty hard to get serious about a woman named Debbie Dahl, but my wife and I love her. I just don't call her Debbie Dahl. That's her husband's right. I just call her Dahl. But anyhow, a little closer, Marky. Just give yourself enough room to jump. All right. You like that song, Overflow? You guys sing that. Don't change songs. Stick to it. I'm going to start here. When you bring your offering, I'm going to pray a blessing over your family today. How many enjoyed yourself in the Lord? Have a good day. The Baptists are about done. I ask the Lord to leave the best meat for you. Glory to God. All right, come on. Start singing it.
reset it and play it again. I'm living in the overflow. I'm living in the overflow. Hallelujah. I put a wall of protection around your money, your health, your home. Glory. Touch this young fellow, Lord. We put a wall of protection around him. In Jesus' name. Touch Brother Herb, Sister Sherry. I pray a wall of protection around them, their children, and grandchildren. Every generation shall be blessed. And the devil shall not have the last say. Come on, Steve. Hallelujah. Touch your brother Steve in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Touch Brother Draven, Lord. Help him to give me a QR code. Blessing, Lord. Bless my friend Thomas, Lord, I pray. You bless his wife, his children. Everything he puts his hand to. Bless this young lady, Lord. May the power of God be on her. Keep her. Build a wall of protection around her. Christ's name. In Christ's name. Bless this little lady, Lord. Everything she puts her hand to, let it be blessed. Build a wall of protection around her, her family, and children. Lord, for her gift today. Build a wall of protection around her. Holy Spirit, do the work. Thank you, Lord. Bless this little lady, Lord. Build a wall of protection around her. Christ's name.
Come on, lift your hands and praise him. We're living in the overflow. Hallelujah. Everybody shout more than enough. Say more than enough. I'm living in the overflow. Tonight at 7 p.m., you're going to hear music coming, I believe, down from heaven through our anointed musicians. The people will shout. You'll be blessed. Get there. Take all the front seats. You deserve it. Amen. We got two giant industrial fans to blow the devil's heat out. But if you get convicted in this hot summer, I know a hotter place. Make sure you're staying ready. Be ready for in an hour you think not. The precious Son of Man shall come. How many had a good time this morning? The Lord blessed you. Who was the person you didn't get blessed? All right, ushers, throw them out. Praise God. We love you. Why don't you turn around, spite the devil, spite the virus, shake somebody's hand. I'm going to start singing that old gospel song, Shake a Hand, Shake a Hand. Glory to God. Shake a hand, shake a hand. Amen. We'll see you tonight at 7 under the tent. I am living in the overflow. Boom, 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 boom. Wipe out. Go ahead. If there are any men that are able to stay, we're going to be setting some tables up very, very quickly. If you can see Julie right now, like just kind of hang back. It'll be about 10 minutes or so to move a couple tables to get ready for a fellowship dinner tonight. So if you're able to, hang around.